0: Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promised to bleep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan.
1: seconds long hey welcome everybody we are so happy to have you here um we have a very special episode 200 and um when it's episode 200 uh you get everybody back you get the gang around everybody who was happened to be around on a saturday uh has no lives like uh ryan and i um they're going to join so we have rob michael and brian
2: yeah.
1: Oh my God, the cows they do not stop. They're so excited to see you guys. Oh, you're here. Oh, welcome. 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 <laughs> Gentlemen, so great to see you all. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us for episode 200. Thanks for
3: having us. Yeah, Thank wouldn't you. miss it.
1: Woo. Um this is uh an extra extra special episode. Um now granted uh like 75% of the people who listen to the show are on screen with us right now um <laughs> or uh or have already heard the news but um episode 200 is also the final episode of the movie show with Joel and Ryan. Um yeah, it has been a, a wonderful amazing uh, 5 years. And, wow um and but uh unfortunately it's just uh time-wise just become a little too unsustainable for me uh it is not because i don't like doing this show anymore or ryan doesn't like doing maybe ryan doesn't like doing the show but he keeps it inside ryan is a good midwesterner and buries his feelings <laughs> down That's <correct>. um <laughs> and uh but no we uh we you know we're we just have we can't uh i can't i personally can't sustain the uh the the weekly um uh in order to give the kind of show that we want to give uh we need to we need to step away um will we be gone forever uh probably probably not i I don't
4: know maybe no i think we've we've left the door open a little bit on you know it's our format and our shingle and if we have something to say we can poke our heads back in and we can keep the Facebook page going. And we respond to all our messages very quickly. We get very good ratings on the online services for responding to our messages quickly, Joel. Um,
1: <laughs> That's all on you. Thank you so much for doing
4: that. <laughs> um, so, you know, you never know, but it, it, the movie show with Joel and Ryan, as you know, it as a weekly or bi weekly thing, yeah, it, it's o- over today and it's, it's, it's quite an accomplishment and it feels good. And it, when we talked about, um, you know, when we should end things last week and realizing it, that the five year anniversary and episode 200, all basically came together in this little, you know,
5: um,
4: Mm
2: -hmm. window.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say glitch in the matrix, like happened. (laughs) Um, Like it, it just felt like, well, that's, the universe telling you hey here's the milestone this is a good time to go away i i will say if i knew it was ending this week then last week i wouldn't have done a luke besson show but well,
1: yeah we but went yeah luke besson wasn't that uh, was a, not weird, necessarily, it was a but, weird way uh, to go out yeah but we yeah because um I, obviously this is something i've been thinking about for a little while but i um finally got up the courage to talk to ryan about it last week and he said well let's just make 200 the last one
4: and then the band-aid off man yeah
1: (laughs) and um and (laughs) and then it became oh well i guess i guess we ended with luke Besson. all right but we are
4: still around we're all still interested (laughs) in the same things this crew has been very supportive to us these guys who showed up today michael brian and rob um I'm so thrilled you guys could be here Would it it, 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 there were others that maybe tried and there'll be some people poking in from time to time. Um, but yeah, so it's not like it's over. We're all still here, but it is, it, it yeah. just isn't a thing anymore. Like it has been. And it, it is a pretty good time actually for that to be the case. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, it, it came up uh, just, you know, uh, in Ryan's Facebook feed that the the afternoon that we decided to do a test show. Um, uh, I, I we will hear from uh, Dana and Maz uh, a little later. Um, but the thing that maybe made Dana laugh the hardest in our conversation uh, was when I told her that there was a time when Ryan and I outlined the whole show. Um, and we're afraid we didn't have enough content for one hour of podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <That> is true. <laughs> and we quickly learned we're like, oh, yeah, I th- those first couple episodes are filled with us going, well, I guess, I guess this one's gonna go, go a little bit longer. Uh, it, uh your on air just realizing yeah oh yeah exactly. we're only halfway through and it's you know hour five already uh hour and five minutes um or uh, five hours hour five it, was,
4: it really was listeners early listeners and early adopters to the movie show that came through and said this is listen to it on the commute i don't listen to it all yeah. in one sitting ever patch in it just just do what you want don't yeah. fuss over that anymore so we stopped fussing over it and we still fuss over it, though. When the when the two-hour mark rolls around, we still both get jumpy and we're like, we got to get this it. over with.
1: Let's <laughs> land this plane. And, yeah, it's been an
4: exercise, and I always have one last thing I want to add, you know, so it always stretches <laughs> out a little bit.
1: Um, Whatever. Yeah.
4: That's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> but, but it think- is funny. It's funny looking back at the old outlines because they are – a couple pages long sometimes, and it's with mm-hmm. just factoids and stuff that we've got to make sure that we get in there. And it's just,
1: um, we just, yeah,
4: I mean, all I did was list Luke Besson's movies in order so that Joel would know the order <laughs> last week. And he's, there like, we go, no Here problem go. <laughs> getting over two hours in that thing.
1: Yeah, part of it was just me trying to look up a, a proper way to pronounce his name, Besson. um, Besson, Luke Besson, <laughs>
5: um. I have an old work buddy that actually worked with him like an like an assistant position. So if I would have known ahead of time, maybe I could have
4: as a I mean, that's a fun show. He's in an there. interesting filmmaker and his early films are really have a interesting progression to this. I'm not I'm only jokingly belaboring it, but I like I would have done I would have done a an abyss deep dive or something. I would have done something that I love for the last show and I, what I ended up doing was this overtly commercial French dude that I barely <laughs> tolerate. And whatever it is, what it is, you know, that's part of movies too, I guess.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: um, well, well, here we go. Let's let's well, let's get into it a little bit. We have had many, many different uh, um, topics, uh, well, 200 of them, yeah, um, sometimes multiple topics per show. We, of course, did the um, the show where we talked about the shows we were never gonna do. uh that was a fun show, but let's uh, let's let's get into it, let's do a countdown of some of our favorite movie show with Joe and Ryan moments. Ten seconds. Nine. Nine. Eight. eight seven, seven, seven. Six. six five, five. Four. Three. three, three two, two, one. one. Thanks, Mother.
4: Thanks, Random Redneck. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, we'll so miss we had... you guys. You were a good team.
1: <laughs> they did, they didn't even know that they were a, such a good team. They had until... no
4: idea, but they really worked well together. I thought until, until Ryan
1: put the peanut butter and the chocolate together. Yeah, I know. Your random redneck fell into my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's a different show. That's yeah that's a west uh, virginia show <laughs> um but uh yeah I, so it it has been uh really fun throughout this week to uh to go through and um and look at a lot of our past shows uh we have had i mean hours upon hours of talking about i mean we talk about the matrix probably more than when the, the Wachowskis. Uh we had the, the the whole Jaws episode and weird Jaws spin-offs, which if I'm gonna mention that I better play. And um yeah good old tentacle. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean and and you guys, uh uh Brian, Rob, and Michael, you uh we've been so fortunate to have had the three of you on in some of our favorite episodes and some of our favorite things. Um Ryan, do you have any off the top of your head, any any favorite moments that you like to look back on?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned some of them all the time. Obviously, the, the presidential episode is really, really fun. If we could have been that clever all the time, we oh. would have. We really couldn't be just not capable of that. But that episode was really, really funny and, and it was really fun to do with Joel. And we were, it's audio only. And we were super cracking each other up and like, not trying not to break character for the microphones, which was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, Doing, you know, doing people's passion projects. I was lamenting with Michael that we didn't get to do Romero's dead trilogy. That's a bummer. I mean, of the things we left on the table, that's a real bummer. Just because, you haven't lived really as a movie fan until you've been around him while he's talking about those, particularly <laughs> the, the, the third one. It's just, it's, it's so cool. So I love doing the Stephen Kings with Michael and Rob, those mo- they were monster episodes where we talked about mm-hmm. a ton of films and, and that was really, really fun. I love, love, love talking uh, to Dana about Jane Austen movies which i which i love all of them one way or another pretty much they made a couple of bad ones recently but, but until then they'd have been pretty safe things and and just have a passion for that sort of thing and i would have liked to do more of that and um i lo- love the early disney stuff i loved go back and watch brian <laughs> talking about black cauldron and me trying to move on with the show and him just stopping me like four or five times. I mean, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I was going to um, say I earlier. Scary. I mean, um, and I, I am like, oh, you, you're, he's still going. Okay, here yeah, we go. I was going <laughs> to say earlier,
1: I could have done, I, I if, if I had unlimited time, I would have done a super cut of all of the times um, I tried to go, well, now moving on and we will go, one more thing. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, sorry. And, and, and it was like, and it was that Brian got to be that for that. Uh, yeah, for but that. it was more than that. Yeah.
4: It wasn't. Oh, I forgot this. It was yeah. no, no. I'm not finished yet with Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about
5: this awesome film. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I uh, I've never seen the Black Cauldron. Nor I had I.
4: neither till recently.
1: So okay. You know, Sorry, Brian. Well,
6: Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, that's give okay. Brian
1: a call. He will. Uh, he'll talk
6: you through yeah. it. And, um... Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great film. I mean, it's not the high, high brow cinema, right? But for <laughs> its Midnight time Man. and what it did, yeah. I mean, technology wise, it was. It's up. There. It's a
4: weird one. Had you ever seen before you had that Blu-ray? Have you ever seen that weird deleted sequence that they put the?
6: No,
1: I hadn't. And that, that, that would
4: was... have really been something. I mean, it's too bad yeah. they didn't finish that.
1: Um, it's, you got. Uh, I, I guess I'll I'll open it to the three of you. Um, as uh, as wonderful, amazing supporters of the show and frequent contributors. Uh, were there moments that you really liked from either episodes that you were in or episodes that others were in? Um, I, I mean, of, I.
6: Go, oh, ahead. go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was going to say. I, you know, I found the Jaws one. At first, I thought I was going to listen to that one and just be like. Oh, well, it's Jaws, right? I saw that movie so long ago. I got inspired by that one. And I went, I need to watch this film again through a new lens. And I went back and rented it and watched it and was like, I'm gonna buy this now. Like I, I didn't realize what I had missed when I was younger. Yeah. And so yeah, that episode but, no, was. We all for did. Me,
4: it's it's amazing how like it's this huge blockbuster entertainment. It's amazing how like yeah. kind of Hitchcockianly perfect of uh, Filmmaking, it, it it contains like moment to moment, it's just incredible. So that yeah. was a fun one to do. Think of that Jaws and the Alien and Mad Max. We did five episodes, episode deep dive on each episode of V, the miniseries. The v.
5: That was what I was going to bring up. Was you know, yeah, go ahead, Michael, talking about V for you know five weeks in a row. Yeah. Well, I'll do that again. Let's let's do it again. Talk you know? about every
4: I, moment from V that happens. Well, the, the best,
5: I think, my favorite thing ever is that the constant berating of poor Robin. Oh. You know, <laughs> it's just every <laughs> single episode there were at least like five digs at how just annoying and her poor choice making and you know, it, it was a nice thing. I think that should have been. Added to every episode non-V related from there on out. Uh, Just throwing a dig Robin, at Robin.
4: Leave Robin alone. Especially in the first <laughs> two episodes, Robin I I, I I get it. Like I think Kenneth Johnson handled her better than she was she was the nuances of that were sort of let like go. No,
5: I mean it's it's I'm joking, of course, because it is a good performance and it's and it is an interesting character what she has to go through and she pulls it off. But you know, it's still fun to dig at her making uh, let me go sleep with a lizard choices. She's you a know, foil for
4: everyone and us, and it really is true. It's just like what are you doing?
1: They can't all be Juliet Parish. all right? No. They, yes. That and that those are words to live by in life. They can't always be Juliet Parish. So. Um
3: Well I was <laughs> yeah. gonna bring up that uh the V episodes were some of my favorites, uh, not just because they were funny, but they were really good analysis. Like after listening to it, my wife and I watched both the B mini series. We didn't go to the TV series, but no um Nor should I you have the choice. But, yeah. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. And then my favorite thing to do on the show was the double features.
4: I, I had a lot yeah. of fun.
3: Seen Learned, movies of, I saw had a lot seen of before. new and
4: interesting movies
5: too. Yeah,
1: sure.
5: Well, that's, that's one of the things I was kind of lamenting just when, you know, we found out that you guys were going to come to a close was I'm like all the movies I saw because of the double features that I never would have seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I have this extra, you know, bit of education and cause yeah, 7% solution didn't like it, but I'm glad I saw it. It's I tick it off my, my checklist and you know, and I, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss all those, um, that exposure, you know? Yeah. Gives me gives me a chance to
1: play. Robin, and Michael and Ryan and Joel double
0: feature.
6: Yeah. Yay! Hey. <laughs> That's right. baby definitely um, getting a list of films and be like, I have never heard of this or never seen it, like a uh, time to go rent this thing and figure out what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, the
5: the fun part about it though was like you're so I mean, I think, you know, we all pretty well-educated Ryan and Rob probably more so than than I am but it's like um just waiting to see what uh your cohorts for that particular episode are going to think about your choices it's it was a it was a great bit of anticipation every time we did it you know and so when there was an actual you know consensus that yeah that was a pretty nifty movie you know, you kind of walk away with your head tall. It's like, oh right, I, I introduced something
1: that they actually appreciated, you know. Oh, I wonder what that feeling would have been like. I know, right?
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> no
5: one no, I like, liked I you. liked I
1: liked Annie. You did like Annie. You know? I didn't like victory, but and you that's know. okay. I'm okay with anybody who doesn't like victory because everyone has to have a flaw. Um, I, I've got other ones that doesn't really <laughs> no uh, go to the top no. of the list, but you know, victory is. I I freely admit, uh, victory is not a great film, but of course, it's a soccer film, and so therefore, uh, uh it it's, thumbs up. It's, it's a really good I, movie,
4: actually. I mean, we yeah. we're maybe we just view things differently, but victory is not a great film. Neither's Annie, for that matter. But it's, it's a really good like movie. What what it does, it does really, really well. And it, it does something that's unique. I, I love movies, you know. I want to like movies. I only want to watch movies that I think I have a chance of liking somewhat. And if it, you know, my favorite bit ever on the old uh, Colin Quinn show they had Patrice O'Neill on. And Dennis Leary, and they were ripping on Operation Dumbo Drop, and and Patrice O'Neill, also like not a great film, but a decent enough movie, and and they were ripping on it because it was this huge failure, and it has this just immensely mockable name, obviously. <laughs> but Patrice's like, what are you talking about? That's great. That movie's awesome. So you got you know, it's called Operation Dumbo Drop. It tells you what it is right in the title there. And if you
5: show up. Delivers what it promises. Yeah, exactly.
4: If you show up to see a movie like that with those people that came out at that time and were delivered that film, it's like you don't really have any right to be cynical about that. It's fun to rip on the name of it from, you know, a mile away if you haven't seen it, which is what a lot of us did. But I always loved Patrice. Listening to him on the one of those movies from the 70s, VH1 things, he's, he talks about, uh, you know, they were talking about all these crappy movies, and he talks about Orca. And he just keeps talking about the things that happen in Orca. Yeah, and then it jumps on an iceberg, and then it flips the guy, and
5: he's just like... <laughs> Orca's incredible. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was one of the things we talked about for the Jaws rip offs, because all these things that I either hadn't seen or things that I hadn't seen since I was seven, like Orca was amazingly good. I was literally shocked that I was m- emotionally moved by that movie and yeah, impressed I'm a with everything about it too. But Orca
4: is yeah. good for what it is for a Jaws rip off. It's exceptional. For, yeah. It's it's still just a hokey Jaws ripoff by a bunch of Italians who like didn't get what was successful about Jaws. In yeah, the but first
5: Charlotte Rampling's super hot. So there you go. That's, that's pretty the, good. That's the, the buy-in.
1: I'm not wrong there.
4: She's pretty good. I still think it's weird that she freaks out when What's-His-Face dies. But when her assistant dies, she just sort of shrugs and is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. going to make eggs in the morning now or whatever? I yep. just like, yeah. gonna...
5: well, I wanted to bring up, too, the fact <laughs> that um, I love when we would do the double features because it would be such a, a cross breed of of generations and and genres and like all the stuff that rob introduced i think he was the only one that had the completely solid record because we did what four three or four double features something like that yeah something
1: like but that. i think everything yeah.
5: every one of rob's was a winner to me so it's like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> but it's but it was those um those older classic movies, you know, when I was introduced to those in the same vein that I feel like Ted Larson would have introduced them. You know, you're expanding my horizons to something that I wouldn't have necessarily sought out on my own. So Yeah. And bringing a lot of history I, and a lot
4: of integrity. Rob, all of Rob's shows with us have been really, really awesome because of that.
1: Yeah. For, uh, for the, the, the spirit you, of
4: Ted really does live on in you, man, in a true way. And I'm glad at least we gave you a little bit of a, A format where you could share that with not just with us yeah i'm sure you'll keep sharing it with us i hope but but with the world i really yeah ted
1: uh ted larson of course uh we've mentioned him a few times on the show was our um beloved and very quirky film uh (laughs) teacher in college film history had an amazing collection he was and he was the kind of guy that even in class uh, uh in a film history class uh he would get his buddy to come in and play the organ and do yep. live organ accompanying wow. silent, For silent films, films yeah uh, and you know so he's creating a score on the spot to go with the, and so we were really spoiled and really lucky in college to have be able to have those kinds of experiences so ted larson shout out to ted, Woo-hoo! Out to ted. um yeah we were um uh, we we were also really have been really lucky on this show to have had some um, wonderful guests not obviously not just our friends and our fellow nerds and and fellow people who just want to to talk about this stuff but we were lucky enough to have uh uh j o Sanders uh on a couple times to uh to share uh some of his experiences in some of the <laughs> awesome films that he's he uh, he's been in including uh, day after tomorrow as part of our disaster movie tril- uh, trilogy of episodes.
4: I really think him, one of the specialist things and I've liked all those people, the new people that we got to meet basically, or that I got to meet having on the show, but Jay, Jay has been waiting to get off his chest. What happened with the scripting and the dialogue for the end of glory. And, and his getting to get the, ex- the experience of that. Cause <laughs> he's joked about glory a lot jokes about the horses, you know, he'll tell little <laughs> anecdotes in public and stuff that make, you know, that people are interested in for his higher profile movies. And he's got a, this list of anecdotes. I'm sure that he knocks out every time at, with true professionalism, but to hear him tell a story that was rough on him <laughs> personally, and that he still feels kind of bad about, and that was, you know, and that sprung about because of his really w- believing in the quality of the thing and wanting to do the best that he could. It just shows, it just, I love that story and I love that true moment from him. And so Jay's, Jay's a super cool guy. I love the yep. little moments that he shared with us. I love and, that. Uh, and we were lucky we, we got him when he, it was during COVID. He was, I was busy, uh, lockdown dude as there was he's doing play readings and he's doing all yeah, this stuff was- but we still kind of got a little window there where hey jay jay can kind of do this and relax a little and enjoy himself on a you know on a show where the audience isn't going to be real massive mm-hmm. for it but i love yeah, that I we're, mean, just- i love that we're part of that it's not really a confessional but it's it's something about that story that really you know and i loved all the things he had to say but something about that one about you know the just the frustration of of showing up and feeling unprepared. I, I really believe that's happened to all of us at one point or another, and it's not always because you suck or you're you you haven't been preparing. It's because circumstances sometimes get in the way, and you're you just flung out there without a rope. And that's yeah. that's a sp- spooky and frustrating feeling. And it was really really neat
1: that he told today is one of those for me. um (laughs) uh no and then uh and then thanks to michael uh we were able to talk with uh our 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 first international guest was uh chris fitchett um he he was on on a sunday uh sunday morning when we were recording and on a saturday afternoon (laughs) um to talk about ozploitation films which i love that uh, episode i that that one would to me was um Was one of those that I I was like, I don't really, none of these movies really do anything for me. But once we started talking about them and listening to Chris's takes on it and some of the stories that he had, um, I I just, I gained an appreciation for uh, the, the whole genre of Australian films that have, you know, that came over to the States uh it, it, yeah that one was a that one was a really uh a really cool episode um to i be. really
3: liked that episode too and uh, w- one of the things i've loved about the show is getting those viewing ideas um harlequin was one that i bought after listening to that show and watch and that's just that movie's just kind of a blast totally
4: harlequin's bonkers is no doubt yeah there. it's bonkers and it's great
3: um and the one thing that's always frustrated me with the show a little bit is like the horror episodes where you're going through so many films. I'm driving. I'm <laughs> like, okay, remember the actor at least. Then I can look up the filmography and try and remember you the find show. Find the
4: recent horror movie. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, you can always just ask, but, man. I mean, not everybody, but you can <laughs> message. You. I, I I I have almost gone back and say, Send can you send me the list of films? but then like i probably have to listen to the show again just to figure out what the which title was which if i'm now not if you're joneson you can go back and listen movies. to those horror,
4: I, horror movies mm-hmm. boy i watched a lot of horror movies that's one mm-hmm. thing that's definitely going to change i'm going to watch way less horror movies now <laughs> yeah. i still watch a bunch during halloween but i used to watch try and watch every one that came out that year and then a couple i missed mm-hmm. from the earlier years and it was Not doing that anymore. It's it's interesting
5: horror wise because you know I was reviewing for seven years and so every horror that came down the pike I had to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself now that I'm not reviewing anymore. I don't take chances anymore. I don't just randomly pick up horror. It's like there's and that was how I was as a kid. Like go to the video store and grab whatever looked cool. Yeah. And then I think I think that those seven years burned me out because. I still love horror, but I'm like, eh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the chances on something. We've been, we've I been privileged
4: that largely, I mean, what we watch and what we review has been our choice. You know, we've done these shows where you, you guys bring different things to us or whatever. And then we've got to watch, we've, we've got to do our homework. But even those have been relatively safe, i have always said that the, you have to, when you're reading a review of something, you have to understand that the, it's their job to do that. And, you know, It it it, and they, you know, they they wouldn't be do. It's not a job you can do for a living if you don't love films and movies and stuff. But you, but you, any given day you can be assigned to do something you don't really want to, and that perspective can find its way into the review. And it's, and it's only human that it that it do that. It's not. There's nothing objective about a movie review, (laughs) as Michael says to his people who write in in the comment sections. You know. One person's review, what do you want? One yep, one.
5: But it was, yeah, but it was a matter of, um, I, don't, I never felt like I got colored by the fact that I had to do it because I always tried to find something good in everything. And yeah. there was only, the only um, regret I have, I actually, right in the mix of when I was really working hard for that job, uh, there was a film that I saw at a festival and it was dreadful. I mean, there was nothing redeemable at all. And I actually called it garbage in the review. I and remember. I regret that because that was, that's too harsh, you know, but it was, you know, it's done. I mean, not that the site's even up anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And my um, point isn't
4: so much, oh, reviewers can't, you know, whatever, because it's their job. It's more, I know that feeling when you're liberated from your, the obligation of it. There is something different than about what you choose certainly. and what you do. Yeah. It. yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice feeling.
1: Uh, and then we were lucky enough also to talk to um i mean good g- very good filmmaker but um we you know we know him and love him mostly for his documentaries uh charles de lazarica yeah um and and that was that was a really i mean that was a really cool episode that one was one where i really felt um i got to see ryan starstruck a little bit uh you, you really <laughs> You really got to nerd out on, on someone. And, and he, he was really, he was interesting
4: because uh, he was a, I mean, he was great, very gracious to do the show, but he was some, sort of a reluctant guest, you know, not like he didn't want to do it, but like he just didn't want to go through all this love fest for all his docs. He moved on to making his, making shorts and making his feature. And, you know, and I think we did our research and dedicated a lot of time to that stuff, which is good because it was interesting yeah. stuff but it was fun watching him come around to enjoying himself in the interview
1: <laughs> absolutely
4: that was to me that was the, me, that of was the, the magic movie. of that one was by the yeah, end of it he, he was like oh, hey you guys actually know what you're talking about and yeah this
1: wasn't like a just a a grab for some viewers or listeners or it was, was
4: that's all it was charles but it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um charles De la rica i mean it, it, there's him and the, maybe a couple other guys laurent uh i know and there's in terms of making um making of documentaries in that golden era of home video and every weird movie was coming out with a feature length (laughs) you know retro talk looking back at the thing i mean it's just magical stuff that he did it's really really amazing work um, and and I, I was honored i was absolutely honored and a bit starstruck to have him on the show because he's not not some superstar but he's in in he's just there's none better than him in that in that genre yeah.
1: and then uh with absolutely no offense to um to all of us here or anybody else who has appeared on this show um by far the uh the episode that i um both was very thankful that we are primarily an audio medium, but also very thankful that the video version exists is when we had Anna Isabel on um, uh, the, the stunningly beautiful and talented Anna Isabel to talk about West side story um, and working with Spielberg and working with uh, Tony Kushner. Um, She, uh, she was really, i mean i i'm i'm lucky to be able to call her a friend and the fact that she came on and was able to to share with us a lot of the behind the scenes stories of what of how the, the environment that that spielberg created that allowed even um you know a person playing rosalia uh, you know a, 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 a smaller role but to give the actors especially the actors of color some agency and and being able to uh to 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 speak up and and you know and and help help create uh west side story as as it existed and it helps
4: guide the thing in, in as authentic a way as they could and obviously yeah. to a puerto rican that's a, that's a, an amazing thing to be part of honest anecdotes are really incredible to listen to and that was a very mm-hmm. fun show.
1: Um, but let's get back to Escape to Victory. Uh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I suddenly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at the time. Uh, yeah. The. Um. Yeah. And so we've been. We've been really. Uh. Y- look, we've had been so very very fortunate. Um. To have had. Uh. Some really wonderful. Uh, wonderful times. Um. I think. Uh. We. You know. And Ryan mentioned. Our, um, our uh, fantastic guests uh, um, when the Jane Austen episode uh, and um, I, or, uh, uh, yesterday I was able to catch up with uh, Dr. Mary Maz and, um, and our dear friend Dana.
2: And this is what they shared about the show. Daniel actually put a comment on your Facebook page about this she just thanked you too for finally um one of my dream jobs was to be an internationally renowned film critic so I actually <laughs> felt like I got to do that I just the the favorite thing I ever did when you signed me up for the the world War II missions i I had a blast <laughs> talking <laughs> about those movies it was that was just so much fun
7: I will say that you Um, you improved my life immeasurably by having Maz on your show, because then I didn't have to watch the movies, I didn't have to hear about why they were so incredible, and I don't care. So thank you, thank you, thank you
0: (laughs)
2: for
7: enhancing my
2: marriage through your movie. Actually, that's true, because when we did the fifty sci fi's, I, I just watched them quietly downstairs or in bed on my iPad and Dana said, What are you watching? I said, oh I thought you want to no. I'm it was great. Enjoy. It was so,
7: so great. So I know you guys are stopping, but you could just casually call Maz once in a while and go through that with him. I would really uh, you know what? I'll send like pizza coupons your way or something just to thank you for your time.
2: Thank you for your service. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it was I had a great time. Um, I've I've seen a few I wasn't on the ones you did with with Michael Klug, especially when you did the alien stuff. I thought they were very good.
7: You guys yeah. certainly um, covered the depth and breadth, and you know, talk about taking something that you two have nerded out on for thirty plus years and giving everybody the opportunity to nerd out.
2: Well like, well done. For well, example, I thought I knew quite a lot about the film, you know, the big the big red one. With and I, I you too, the amount the in-depth information both of you knew about that movie was Have you read a book that I didn't know existed <laughs> about <laughs> Oh, you've done you did kind of everything. I mean, you did you did remakes, you did bad sequels, you did bad 70s action movies. Did you do modern
7: bad action
2: disaster films? Yes, I did. Talk about 2012. I missed that one. Here, Some. Here's something I I find interesting from someone who always aspired, you know, fell into this trap about American movies and yeah, the American way. Whenever you see a movie about it and it kind of touches your heartstrings, the people I in my life who were born American thinks they're incredibly cheesy and terrible, and I'm sitting like, what stoic stuff. It's like that's what the playing fields of Eton were sowed for. Moments like this. <laughs> Look
7: at Matt straddling that uh, super English upper crust American can do itness in one weird sentence. <laughs> playing fields of Eton. Have you ever heard an American say that? Please, I can promise. Well,
2: oh, not not this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like for example, I'm sorry. We both. The scene, um, the speech. Oh, this
7: is Maz's favorite. In 2012,
2: about letting everyone onto the, onto the onto the onto the the arcs, and he's screaming at the, the the prime minister's going, "We can't restart the human race with an act of cruelty. We have to be kind." And everyone's going, like, "Yes, open the gates!" And I looked across at Dana. And went, Lame. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I want to say to you, Joel. In seriousness, um, I think that. Hey, I learned something. I learned two interesting things, and I believe you will take this in the spirit in which it's meant.
2: Oh God, here we go. <laughs> well, it's always editing. One,
7: <laughs> I learned how kind-hearted Ryan is, because when I would come out with, "Well, that was terrible," Ryan would always say, "Dana, that wasn't terrible. You're being too hard." <laughs> Ryan has like a really kind heart for kind of a lot of crap. I've decided, <laughs> and two, you. We're very comfortable playing an important but second-tier role in this podcast, which I found really interesting and would not have expected. And it it allowed. This is going to sound condescending, and I don't mean it to. It allowed Ryan and all of his like OCD about films to really shine, and you to play sort of the straight guy character as opposed to the swashbuckling lead, and. I thought that really worked for both of you in fascinating ways and went against what I would have expected
1: from either one of you. What makes our podcast different is Ryan's brain. Yes, yeah. uh, not not just the encyclopedic nature of it, but the uh, the lines, the little p- push pins and string connections. That he's like a
7: serial killer, really. Well, not unlike <laughs> a serial killer.
1: <laughs> All right, um, uh, well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, well, you, for thank being you on for the, the show.
2: Uh, you really, thank you for the show. Uh, you
1: love you just made Maz's
7: you did,
2: life. honestly. It was awesome. I enjoyed so, it. I yeah, really we both thank you for that. <laughs>
7: and we will see you, I hope, very, very yeah, soon. Take
2: care. See Absolutely. you guys. All right, take Bye.
1: care.
7: Bye. Bye.
1: So, that is uh. Yeah. Dr. Mary and um, and Dana, dear friends of the show. Um, And that brings me, uh, that does bring me to the, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure we talked about uh, is that is um, the whole purpose of, uh, from my perspective, the whole purpose of this show um, was to share with as many people who would want to listen, my friend, Ryan's amazing brain um and uh it, it really is unlike anything that uh i i feel so lucky to get to talk and when when we're even when we're like we've been together watching you know on a on a sunday watching football and stuff uh you know and, and inevitably we topics just kind of start flying around and and it, and it's um it is it's really wonderful and i know that that's uh especially michael and rob you, you know the the two of you have known ryan for for many many years as well i don't want to speak for you um but i think that uh we it is something uh, I'm, I'm saying this to embarrass ryan right now um, <laughs> is that one of, that's one of the reasons why we love him is is his uh not just the encyclopedic knowledge but how the the, the, the connections that are made and um and the, the not just the love of movies, but the love of what movies can inspire us to do and inspire us how to how to live. Um, uh, I I will shut up in, in case anyone else wants to talk well, about. It.
5: I think what intrigued me about the whole this whole adventure that you guys have uh, undertaken and, and are now bringing to a close is. I was reminded of those countless, 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 countless hours back at Moorhead State, of the three of us talking about movies and playing the movie game, and and I just feel like this is a, a natural extension to those those hours of of conversations and um, all the introductions uh, to movies from each one of us to the other two, and and I don't know, it's it's I think it's it's so important to recognize your fellow movie nerds and to appreciate them and, and to know how important they are because you can't have these kind of conversations with the casual moviegoer. They're not connected. They're not in it for anything, but the surface rush. And, and I, I, I appreciated, uh, like I said, making this an extension of what we'd already done for 30 years. You know, this is just it was, it seems such a natural place to go in and okay, we're, it's formatted in, in a way, but it's, this is just what we have always done. So it it was just a joy to be on the show whenever I got the chance.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with, uh, you know, Joel, what you're saying about, uh, the superpower of the show is Ryan's brain and I have always admired his ability to analyze things because analyzing isn't my strong suit i'm more of a empathetic viewer um and so that's why it, those v episodes were so amazing um one of the things i'm gonna regret about the show ending is the things we didn't get to do um like i meant to introduce oh, I'm, gonna a stop I'm gonna stop
1: you because oh. that's a segment coming up
3: Okay. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Well,
1: Everything was so wonderful say... and heartfelt, but I'm like, no, you're ruining hold, my rundown. Hold that thought, Brian. My okay. rundown is so important. Um, Sorry, and, Rob.
4: When we first sat down, I mean, we at JJ's, right? JJ's yep. clubhouse. <clears> um, And he was like, well, I see it like this. And I would be like the play-by-play guy, and you'd be like the analyst guy like it, he talked about it in sports terms and back then we viewed it as like a sports show like sports talk radio with lots of little jingles lots of sound bites lots of pitting things against each other because that's because in my heart i mean i appreciate what Dane is saying i just was saying something like it just moments ago about Victory. I mean, it, in my heart, I don't like to pit things against each other. I don't like to rank things. Rankings and things like that, they annoy me. They're annoying. Um, they, 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 I think that it's important that you have some sort of structure because I think that's what makes it listenable and makes it, you know, you can follow it and whatever. So we've been playing all those games this whole time. But it's just my chance to go on the record and say that it's it's necessary to the to, – to, you know, to format and to communication, to have like some structure around that. But we, it, it, and I think it worked out great. I think it was kind of like a sports show, like a debate show. Like it had the energy of that, but we really did make an effort to talk about things that
5: we liked. There was some good hearted, some good natured debates though. I think on the times that I was on and and other shows that I saw, it's like, that was always interesting to me because it's fascinating to see what people get passionate about and what, what kind of, what hill they're going to die on, you know, because um, that, that's just, it's drama, you know, it's great, but it's not coming from a place of anger or anything. It's just like, I believe in this, shut up, Joel, you don't know, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's great. So I, I, I think that was always kind of a highlight, you know, because if people had these specific views and they're going to, they're going to make them clear. But I,
4: I do, you know, I did want to, I am compelled to talk about this stuff and I loved doing it, you know, with a, with a, in front of a broader audience, but it really was the vision of Joel's idea of what it would be and what our roles would be was really great and really accommodating to me from the start. And I just, like I said, if you could go back, I mean, 200 shows, that means that I have rudely interrupted Joel at least 12,000 <laughs> times. Cause I mean, I do it, 20 times a show and people notice that you know Rob mentioned it and in some of his his which we should publish someday some of his epic reactions to this or that that we were doing on the show um but that could go horribly wrong like if he was annoyed by that or if it which would be reasonable for him to be which I'm sure he was at least a time or two like, the, that ability of yours to be like, okay, this is what's happening, and just roll with it into the next thing. I just, I just, in the, and the, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but that's something everyone can see, that Joel takes in stride every single time for five years, and, <laughs> and, and, and. and you know, and for my own ego and my own conscience, because I I don't mean to be obnoxious like that. I can't help myself. I really can't, and I'm not likely to change. You know, his graciousness in, in that category, and then everything else that you don't see. It's I mean, it's it it's I'm just it's, the show, and and just me personally. I'm really really benefited from from that approach to it and that understanding and i'll just go further that acceptance of what i'm like and how you have to just deal with me and what you have to live with to keep it positive and so i'm 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 great i'm it's neat that dana kind of put the nail on the head of the our roles or whatever but yeah it it's oh. more than that he he it, 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 our connection is all because i do drive him mad sometimes no doubt like everyone else in my life at one time or another <laughs> it, it's that moving beyond that it's that your family man it's your I, whatever i accept it anyway mm-hmm. that i you can't have enough of that in your life i can tell you
3: along along those lines i always appreciate that joel always made sure like when i was on that before we moved on, honest. Rob, yeah. did you have something? Because I'm not <laughs> as willing to jump in and and stop. He always made sure I had space to to, to get a thought in. You bet.
1: Uh, speaking of, uh, as Michael said, some of the uh, good-natured, spirited debates um, that always makes me think of the movie Prancer um, when and uh, our holiday episodes uh, with Shauna uh, where. <laughs> <laughs> where boy they they were they they couldn't believe how much i did not like the movie prancer um and uh but there's uh, Sh-
4: something a little off in a terrible way about prancer <laughs> that i have to admit is it yeah. is there i've never hated it because of it but i yeah. i know what you're talking about
1: yeah uh but yeah so but i was able to uh catch up with uh shauna uh earlier today actually and um she sent this message
8: i hadn't seen him forever oh like i think i'm
1: sorry this is uh the question was what was it like uh reconnecting with ryan after so many years Uh, and that's where we we started this so i
8: apologize for that i hadn't seen him forever like i think i might have seen him at the first. school re- class reunion that we had and then I don't think I'd seen him since um and you know Facebook and all of that had happened so that was nice but I really hadn't had gotten connected back with him until this show so now it's like we're good friends you know and I, I mean I knew him in high school we had Homeroom room and whatever, but, um, I didn't really know him that well. And I feel like I've gotten to know him much better through this. Yes. Ryan's just an extremely sweet person. So the first,
1: I'm trying to remember the first, was the first time you were on when we did, uh, movies that had an impact on us. Mm-hmm. So we must've talked about the color purple.
8: Yeah, wow, that was the first one. That was
1: the first one, the color purple um, Boys in the Hood.
8: That was a pretty deep show to be on for the first time. <laughs> I know. That was a, that was quite a heady way to start. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it and when you asked me to be a part of the show, um I had never listened to a podcast. And I had never listened to a podcast throughout all the shows that we did so i finally did like after the last one i was on and i realized really what the setup is and kind of you know it follows a certain type of you know schedule or whatever <laughs> i'm like oh my god shana how annoying you have been this <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, as soon as the music is off, I'm like, hey guys, I' ah, you know, and talking and everything. And I'm like, that's not how it works. People they talk for a while and then they introduce you and all of this. I'm like, wow, Shauna. I I loved it. And I'll tell you what I had you guys never asked me to be on this. I never, ever would have thought that I ever would have been on a podcast, ever. You know, I I never even listened to them. I never would have thought I would have been on one. And even when I tell friends or my husband even, it's like, what, you're gonna be on a podcast? Why do they want you on the podcast? (laughs) So I'm very thankful that you guys asked me to do this because it's, I mean, it's such, It has been such a wonderful fun thing to do um that i'm sure i never would have had the opportunity otherwise well but i got to know ryan better you know much better than i had but i'm really glad that i got to meet you too
1: yeah Uh, i feel feel the same
8: you know and i feel like it gave an uh, opportunity to meet you in a way that i wouldn't have kind of you know to get Mm -hmm. i met your your son and i i've learned about you and your family and i've met you and gotten to know you in a different way like i consider you a friend not just an acquaintance Mm -hmm.
1: i i I wholeheartedly agree i wholeheartedly agree
8: give my love to ryan
1: i will i will take care
8: bye you guys okay
1: yeah bye now
4: so i uh overslept I was supposed to come to that this morning and I got the time wrong because the time's different in Ohio and I, I got ready to do it on her time um, although it's better this way I was need to just listen to that actually than to be there and doing all the talking myself which is I'm sure what I would have done um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, so in a weird did. way the universe was kind of like no Ryan you don't need to be a part of that just let there them were- have a, a moment there was Um, a
1: moment real quick real quick there was a moment where we were we were talking and i you know i I cut this part out but when we realized you know he's not dead we love him (laughs) he's not dead we gotta stop talking about him like we're not gonna just see him like around and you know and hang out with him but uh yeah we we were we were gushing on our on our dear friend there
4: I'll uh, tell you guys a couple of things about Shauna, the greatest, the audience out there. there are, Shauna, my connection was that we were in every single, in high school, we were in every single elective course together. Uh, we were in every history, government, law, religion, anthropology, like every one of what they call the social studies today. That's that's what we were interested in. And so we just kept showing up in class together and sitting near each other, and so we would have these conversations. They were pretty superficial, but I told Joel when she was first coming on the show, I go, well, you have to be careful around me, because this is like the podcast equivalent of having the cutest girl in school sit next to you on the bus, or whatever, <laughs> and I might just be, who knows what I'll do, I might just be ridiculous. Um, which I wasn't, thankfully, good for me, but but that's one of the neat things, and I, maybe this isn't a phenomenon everybody shares, but Shauna is such a cool with it smart person that was just nice to me back in my past like it really is as simple as that paid a little bit of attention to what my interests were would ask me about them because i would be inclined i'm not shy but very very introverted and i'd be inclined to just sit there and not interact with people and just be in my own head or whatever and so when someone's nice to you and draws you out like that especially during those times where there's all this weird pressure on you and all this strange stuff happening with you it means a lot so that always stuck with me so yeah on facebook we would be talking about stuff and me and her and billy for whatever reason uh really cool listener of the show sort of the inspiration for the i saw it on hbo episodes which is a great episode um we were talking and we were talking i was trying i was making my case for I was making a case uh, dangerously at the time about how I didn't think color privilege was that great, actually. But she was just, she just came at me about it, and I remember going, okay, okay. So then, when we were chatting later about she, it was the Stephen King episode that got Sean on the show. She was, she's like, I remember. Um, she goes, ever since I saw. Uh, what's the movie, the vampire movie with James Mason and, and Sam, the mini Sam, Salem's Sam. Lot. Salem's Lot. She's like, ever since I watched that on TV when I was a kid, me and my mom, I, I've never slept after that without the comforter over my head. <laughs> like it changed the way I behaved forever. And I was like, that. she's like, that's probably not the kind of story you're looking for what I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of story we're <laughs> looking for. That's why you should be on the show. I mean, and I didn't say you should be, but she, she was like, you could have me on the show to tell stories. And I was like, oh, be careful what you wish for. I will have you on the show. And when it came up that it would be color purple, I was like, oh, yeah, that has to be color purple. Because, <laughs> damn, girl, you, you're passionate defense of that. was amazing. So... Let's get her on. But uh, long story short, I'll just say this, because my experience with her is the same. We weren't well, like, fast buddies in high school or anything like that. It was more – she's just somebody I admired a lot and had a lot in common with, and we found out we have much, much more in common even than that, like things at our core that we share that were very s- similar in a lot of ways. And you can – and this isn't a bad thing to do. A matter of fact, I think it's okay, but I think you can – you can take a person that you just only know a little bit and you and it's kind of what you do when you're writing if you're writing somebody you admire a lot of character that you really really like you can turn them into this sort of perfect thing in your brain that represents like all that is awesome in the world and i very much did that with with her when i re- would remember her from the, from the past and it's always astounding how you can do that and how a person can, even if they're not that what you're imagining them to be, how they can live up to that in other ways, you know, and how the just the amazing reality and specificity of a, of another person can surpass the very best things that you foist upon them in your sort of fantasy of what they are. And that was my experience. That's a little maybe complicated and hard to follow, but I, that's one of my experiences with having her on the show and getting to know her. It It's just, it it's, it's an interesting lesson in how we one-on-one or the three of us or whatever, how you connect on certain things and, and, and the marvel of it all. So Sean, i movie club, I'll miss movie club a lot because Having her around, she's a whole, she's just a unique and amazing person. So I'm really glad that we coaxed her onto it, and that.
1: And of course, and of course.
3: The first rule of movie club is you talk about movie club. Second rule of movie club is
1: you talk about movie club.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We talk about movie club.
4: We do so. Um, That's neat to hear from her. Sorry if I rambled on a little too long or whatever.
1: No, we we love Shauna. It was uh, yeah. It was really it was really terrific um, having uh, having her. uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, well, on
4: those rare occasions where we've gotten to have a a woman on the show, like it's believe it or not, as we sit here, the sausage fest that we have with us here today. (laughs) Which, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, this is the cool yeah. I would want to have. But that, because, hey, this, for better or worse, uh, well, with some rare, awesome exceptions, this has been the experience, what you're experiencing in front of you. But uh, we really strived every time we could. Anytime we could think of somebody we could ask or anytime that little opportunity to get that different perspective in on the show, we really, really did try and do it. So you can't say we didn't try
1: um yeah yeah it was it was truly truly wonderful um uh and and as i shared with her it was uh as the holiday shows quickly became tradition um like like the double features it was always fun because um you know we each had to bring a, a movie to the table and then it was what did every you know what did everybody think of that movie uh and you know you're you're your personal choice um did i fare better in the holiday films than i did in the uh in the double features no no i did not (laughs) but um still it was uh yeah it it was still fun to do you got to cramp on prancer
4: a little bit that was fun that was definitely fun to watch um
1: but it, it was something absolutely i uh i i loved um i i loved looking forward to the holiday episodes every every year you know
4: they were I mean, fun seeing what everyone was going to be wearing and stuff
1: mhm
3: yeah ryan, ryan when when you talked about having you know trying to have uh you know different people on a little diversity or whatever it reminded me of uh when you had George and I on um and really oh. focus on some representation and that that is actually probably my favorite episode to, to have done that with my son and to have you guys give that exposure, that representation, that was—I can't speak was for really the advanced special. metrics,
4: but that is by far and away, I believe, our most watched YouTube video is the episodes with with you and George. And that's part of that is you guys being champs and, at the marketing side of things and spreading the word. But I really do think part of it is that's this is a thing that we're that's very much and I don't again. It, George, George calls himself the, the resident trans expert on the show. That's really great because that's what he was. But at, at, you know, and that's it's a topical and it's a political thing, and it's a thing that everybody's struggling in the world. But it's a thing where average people really are just don't understand it. It's a hard thing, I think, to to conceptualize. And I'm glad that the, the personal stories, I think, are what do that. So not only was it fun talking about the art that we got to talk about from that perspective but it was cool getting a little bit of that just out into the world and stuff and it's just cool seeing you i mean not everyone is privy to this but seeing you get to interact with your with your family and stuff um i just personally love that part of it because you're (laughs) you're the same and yet you're slightly different when he's around which i think is it's like we get to see just the a slightly different side of, of friend of the show, Rob, super fan. Yeah. And
1: yeah, it's and really, it's... really
4: neat. So that, you know, we're really proud of that too, man. And we're really, really grateful for you guys participating in it. And it, it, really uh, bringing was... that show with you because we, all we had was, so, uh, you know, we had so asked all the George. dumb, all the dumb <laughs> white guy questions. Right. And, and it's like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: But you know, I don't think that's bad necessarily. Those are, the, those are some of the questions that are out there, but it's, it's the good humor and the, the really cool, fun way. And, like I say, and, and the fact that we got to talk about movies and come at that through the movies is very, mm-hmm. very cool, I mm-hmm. think.
1: So, and, and then as a, as a dad being able to, as Ryan said, see see uh super movie fan uh rob also get to be uh get to be dad for a while and um in in, in, yeah it was just it was it was wonderful to also have that perspective uh not just as a movie fan but as uh the person who is the dad to a a trans person um and yeah and and also like ryan said when george was like oh i'm the resident uh you know trans expert on the show," (laughs) just taking the piss out of us right away yeah uh, i'm like oh this show's gonna be just fine yeah (laughs) exactly it was was really (laughs) terrific um okay so uh you know i however you know the show i know this is mostly a retrospective type of show um, but there is still some, uh, some business that we have to attend to because we actually have, uh, a, a question, a, a question to the show. I know. Can you believe it?
4: I so, really um, honestly, at this point, cannot believe that this is an actual question to the show. You have to prove <laughs> it to me.
1: Yeah, I, I will very very shortly. Um, <laughs> so that means that it is time to uh, for a little segment we call "Ask Joel and Ryan." I have a question: Who gave you the right to play God?
0: What the hell's going on out here? Why do I bother?
2: What is the point in doing anything?
0: How dare you! What more do you want from me? <laughs> I have a question.
1: Um, and uh, our question uh, comes from uh someone who is a super fan of the show but has never uh we've never had him on the show but uh but friend of the show ben eng Ben. And he uh he well first he sent us this
2: hi joel and ryan sorry I couldn't make it for the live festivities today
1: but i wanted to drop in and congratulate you guys on 200 episodes that's quite an accomplishment. I'm gonna miss listening to the podcast on my way into and while at work. It was always a highlight of the work week and helped make the day go by quicker. I want to wish you both the best on your future endeavors and projects and I hope I get to see you guys around town. Take care <laughs> ben, um, and uh, and then he then he followed it up with this is what he said. He goes, okay, so here's my question. Because I think this was after I may maybe even posted in our thread saying, "Hey, if you have any questions for the show, well, well great." Um, and then he popped in with, "Okay, so here's my question: With both the writers and the actors on strike, and now potentially IATSE, the the uh, the stagehand and Stage. uh, yeah. uh, union joining them, do you think we will see a rise of independent film being made? And if so, do you think the mainstream theaters like Marcus Imagine AMC?" uh imagine uh will um will support independent films honest to god question
4: yeah it's a good question too because there is i mean it's the independent producers right now are the ones getting the waivers from the unions to continue work for the most part now not everybody's getting cooperation but i mean it it's there was an interesting article that pointed out how many A twenty four productions got waivers to continue production the other day. A twenty four is not a some indie studio; they're a they're a small uh, production studio of a you know that's part of the very much part of the larger machine. But they already conform contractually with a lot of the things that are, that the actors and writers are demanding and and. The article sort of uses that as proof that it's in, insane that a company th- that, with their profile, can manage this sort of thing, the residuals and everything else, that a company like Warner Brothers claims they somehow can't. You know, I don't mean to single Warner out, but Warner, what did Warner do the other day? They trimmed the trees so that the protesters wouldn't have enough shade to walk in. I mean, that's
3: that was Universal, I think, wasn't it?
4: Either it's way, universal, yeah, universal. 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 Yeah, universal it's di- that's and... the diabolical thing to yeah. do. I mean, yeah. and it just shows you if that's where you're coming from, then there is a long way to go. There's a long way to go before anything resembling economic justice can possibly happen here. So I don't want to get too much into the politics of the strike and all that, because I could go on and on and on about that forever. His, his question is interesting. I don't think... I don't think so. I don't think it's going to inspire more independent stuff. I think there's a ton of independent stuff already out there. What might happen is that that stuff gets more of an audience when the when the strike catches up with the content. You know, they're talking about moving Dune into next year and some other things because they can't even get the actors to go out and promote the stuff or really do anything right. like that. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, it's, what would happen if tomorrow they took away like 50% of the content that's out there? Would it change your life much? I mean, it wouldn't. There's so much out there that mm-hmm. it's like what bubbles to the top or what's vying for attention. It's, 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 it's it's a thing where if we knew the formula, we'd all, we wouldn't be sitting here on a podcast on a Sunday afternoon. We'd be out there, you know, getting our Walk of Fame star laid down and we'd all be making movies and stuff and be super happy. So I don't think so, but but independent films, I mean, I just don't think that will necessarily be the result. It partially could be. Um, it is a great question, but I do think the way that independent producers and the way that smaller companies and the way that, you know, uh, true independent productions, which Michael's been involved in a couple recently, Um, the way they interact over these types of issues is is a big part of what's going on, and and so there there, you know there'll be a lot going there. I don't, Michael, if you wanna, because you guys really have done, you know, well sized production features that really are independent. You
5: know well because yeah I mean, I was seeing the meme going around about a24 and that they they do what they're supposed to be doing and that they're independent and it was interesting and uh, a friend of mine posted he's like I've been seeing this all over the place and he's like let's be real a24 is not an yeah, independent they're not film an, it, yeah it's, you know, it's exactly like that's right. it's not it's not the same thing I mean they're their their projects are I mean yeah I mean like, like they're
4: modest but, films compared to the big Hollywood films so they but, but they're
5: Yeah, but they're part of this
4: very much part of the studio system. So
5: yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I think. But they're
4: a small part of it, and it it is worth noting. I mean, the article is worth noting that. But yeah, you shouldn't view your A twenty four movie when some big star decides to do something low budget Mm -hmm. like that. That's an indie. That just isn't.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 questionable to kind of big indie is what they call it it
4: in the industry because it's still.
5: But it's, you know, like blood covered chocolate. I mean, that costs pennies on the dollar as compared to anything A24 is putting out, you know, but it's um, I don't know. The whole thing is uh, very confusing for me. I'm not WGA and I am only eligible for SAG, so I'm not technically either part of them. But I I look at it as the fact that they're all working toward things that eventually will uh, benefit me, you know, because eventually I plan to be in both unions. I'm not getting any younger, but whatever. But it's like, I, (laughs) I, I it's such an interesting time to be in LA when this is all happening, you know? And it's so, cause I guess the last time, something like this was 60 years ago of this size, you know, for the union. So, I mean, I find it very confusing. I kind of find it frustrating. I find it um, I want to support my friends and of course support the unions that I hope to be a part of, but it's, uh, it's very strange. It just feels like everyone is on eggshells. It's like, what do we can and can't do? And yes, everything is marked out and everything's listed. This is what you can do and you can't do. But it's like, I feel like everyone's just paralyzed. I don't want to do something that might look like I'm scabbing. You know, can I promote this? I'm not even union. Can I promote that? I got a, uh, a win in a, a festival for a script. Can I talk about that? You know, it's just everything's so... Mm-hmm. And I'm not even union. <laughs> so yeah. right. Uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy time. I'll, I'll
4: yeah. say two more things real quick. but that answer Ben's question. One thing that I know will happen on the streaming services is that you will find more new shows that are old than you ever have before. There are tons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ain't just the new release wall. There's been tons and tons and tons of stuff made in different formats over the past few years. A lot of which is, came and went in a rush and that stuff's a lot of people didn't watch it and it's still there. And when they go yeah. hunting for new things, they're going to find old things that are new to them. And I think that is cool.
5: I'm, um, I'm curious, like it, it, the fact that, you know, like they, they removed the last season of Westworld, right. Was it, it's, is that universal? No, that's uh HBO. HBO. HBO, HBO. HBO. But it's like, are you going to, now you removed that because you didn't want to apparently pay residuals but are you going to bring it back now because you need content you know it kind of no well west the
4: the discovery jury is out on westworld they threw it out on a pay service they kicked it out of max and they don't care about it so and they certainly don't care about it to the point that they want to pay an extra nickel for it yeah but westworld Uh, i mean that's that's that just shows you that why how the system is broken because that that show's not for everybody, but, I mean, it was a big prestige show that got a lot of those, uh, you know, headlines and a lot of those reaction shows and stuff. Like, it, it it, served that purpose out in the public discourse that they'd wanted it to, and and they still did they you know, they're still not treating it very well. So, that's, that's a bummer, but, again, we don't really, I mean, I don't lament the Ensemble for Westworld so much. You really need to look at this from the from you know the average Hollywood writer in the WGA makes about six, 69000 dollars per year, and that's a good mm-hmm. living. But that's not that's not the millionaires and trillionaires that people think no. that the all the Hollywood people are. They need to really realize that these unions exist because these actors and Especially today, you know, the people who show up who are on some sketch comedy on uh, some sketch on, like Jimmy Fallon, that you've never seen before and will never see again. I mean, that that's a union actor that is just, just getting by in life. Those people really all need to be protected, and it's why they need the union. And it's ludicrous that that people who you know were featured in television shows that are still popular today get sent residual checks for 18 cents for last year's, you know, that's, that's a, yeah. abs- that's absurd. That's, that's going forward. That's how people are going to make their money. And the way the studios are circumventing that the West world examples is one of many is horrendous. So that's going to be interesting to see. And it's it's going to be interesting can... to see how things shake out, but it it's, they're not close. They're not even, just, they're not even close. And I just, I don't know how they're going to get there. And I just, so I don't really know what's going to happen. It's things are going to change. And that, that some, some independent things or the few things that are made in England under different unions, stuff like that.
2: Well, those things are going to
4: definitely be high profile things that come out in a sort of desert of the usual stuff. It's going to be
5: the sad thing is they're going to be just, I think it was 2008 was the last uh, big strike. Right. And so it's, Mm -hmm. We got pummeled by horrible reality shows. That's what I think we're all expecting to have to deal with again. Yeah. You know, the rise of all those awful, awful, awful shows, which of course make a lot of money and a lot of people do like them, but they're
4: they're the Like at HBO, those are the people making the decisions now are the people bu- built on the pillars of reality yeah, television.
1: He- Max was built. Mac, the whole not even you know. It, Max, the, the discovery, Warner buying everything and just changing HBO to Max. Um, that was built on the back of the Duggars, mm-hmm. um, you know. Cool. And, and yeah, so and uh, it's yeah. even
4: weirder in that we're at a weird turning point here, where in at the at the box office, even for big big movies, where you know, uh, you look at the things that are becoming big hits and the things that are doing worse than they've ever done. I mean, we never thought we'd see, like, Fast and the Furious could barely clear $150 domestically. Those films were making half a billion domestically routinely. And Mm -hmm. people, mostly they're just not going to the theaters. I think the audience for that film is probably about the same size and they just think they don't care anymore uh Transformers film came and went that Disney's three hundred dollar Indiana Jones <laughs> legacy sequel came out and, and I'm not really speaking to the films themselves, but it it's been a long time coming that you slap the easy label on something, you slap the part seven on something or the fast ten is what it is, actually, is unbelievable. Um that audiences appear to be gumming cold on that and that's i don't know what hollywood's gonna do if they can't sell you something that they've already sold you before mm-hmm. you know but it, you you look original at the big,
5: content
4: well you look it's at the crazy. big hits of this year and i mean even even a, a couple of them okay like super mario or barbie like those they're not franchises yet per se but they are they're certainly brands that are already recognizable right so yeah. even they they don't necessarily buck the trend but the the big hit films you cocaine bear and megan and you look at some of these these were 40 million dollar 45 million dollar movies yeah. Yeah. that because they They sparked something in the imagination of the public that Ant-Man just isn't doing anymore. You've seen Ant-Man before. They ain't going to make any better Ant-Man movies. They're not going to get better every time. It's the same shit over and 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 over again. Mm -hmm. And it's it's shocking to me that it's lasted this long. But what's amazing and what's – because that's – it's not shocking to me that that stuff is starting to see its day – the The interesting thing is, what are I mean? Where the, I want to have the conversation is, what is the stuff that's peeking through, and that actually people are not giving a chance in droves because that will give us a hint as to what the future of Hollywood films are anyway. And I'm not well, sure what that hasn't been answered yet. Related
3: to, related to Ben's question. The question I was going to ask uh, later is, you know, with these big box office, you know big budget films that aren't making back their money at the box office might we see a rise in independent films or basically what i'm saying is lower budgeted films Let's because so. everything they're making costs 300 million mm-hmm. and it's not grossing that It's so absurd. they're going to have like, to stop doing yeah.
1: that yeah but do, but do you think that i mean they're not cuz it's not i mean it's not just about what it brings in at the box office i mean obviously that that will tell you where you know what people's tastes are and if they continue but i mean it's about the corporate tie-ins it's about what you know because there there hasn't ever been a good transformers movie and yet we have a thousand of them and it's because they're able to tie it in with ford or chevy or And, yeah. and BMW, you know, they're able to tie it into other corporate entities and so therefore they can continue to make them. Um, so I, 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 I do feel like, I mean, that, I think that is one of the reasons why uh, the, 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 stri- the strike is going on and, they're, and, and the studios are so willing to just go, no, I reject that out of hand. I reject, you know, we reject your, your, uh, because they are
4: corporations stroking each other backs. And that is where they mm-hmm. see that yeah. they get the value of their thing from. I, and, I think you're, totally well, what right.
5: is it? My, my friend Devin has said since I've known him, he's like, it's called show business. Yeah. They,
6: yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Well, the business.
6: It's... the business side of it is they think they've got the new thing that's going to help them cut the costs. And they've been sold snake oil by Silicon Valley that AI is some great thing. Sorry to tell you this. As your resident technology expert, (laughs) AI, as in ChatGPT, is just bullshit. It's predictive bullshit. And it is like they've already done studies that four months later, it can't solve the basic math problems where when it started, it had an accuracy rating of 98%. Four months later, the exact same question, 2% accuracy rating. Can't show you where it's coming up with the solutions. It's because of the way that they have that the large language models are coded. It's not going to produce you movie scripts that are good. It's not going to produce you things that are good. Look at all the AI generated art. It's garbage, <laughs> absolute garbage. And if you watch any of these people who are on YouTube talking about, Oh, I took Jet GPT and I had it code me out this thing. And then I spent the next 12 hours fixing all the mistakes. Huh. I didn't- Solve anything for you, or I used it to generate this art. I used the, you know, whatever the the art generator ones, and then I spent
1: twelve to thirteen hours fixing it, or I had to do it. I had to do. I used the AI. I used the AI, but I had to do it like fourteen times to have to give me a picture that I really
6: like. That I really like, where the lighting's still off and things are all fucked up. Like
5: (laughs) (laughs) my favorite quote, I think it was Simon Pegg was talking about AI as far as like script writing. He's like yeah these don't have heartbreak they don't have grief they it's don't never have been done AI has it never can't... been
1: done
5: I mean that's everything that I write has to do with yeah heartbreak
1: yeah. and grief yeah. yeah.
4: and I mean, my and the emotional reality and stuff yeah
5: exactly.
1: yeah I
4: mean
5: because
1: your life is pathetic and so it really is <laughs> to write about somebody's finally giving me some recognition
3: <laughs> my, you know? my
4: friend Chris posted a little meme too that said it's it's uh, for AI to work the she says, from a graphic design perspective, for AI to work, the client has to be able to communicate what they want. So yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> and
6: you've got, you've got this, which is the exact same problem that exists today, even with the you know the client talking to a real human being and telling them what they want, and then I'm not satisfied. You think talking to this piece of machinery is going to give you the same thing? It produces shit even when you tell it what you want. Yep. Like AI has become a marketing term. And looking for the new set of where money went inside of technology, the movie industry went, there it is. There's where people will give me more money. I might not convince Mercedes-Benz to be able to give me money for my film, my $300 million million film, but these tech guys will do it if they'll use their fucking AI. And it's like, this is stupid. Um, I'm waiting for the crash is what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that bubble to burst. Like cryptocurrency, like NFTs, AI is coming for its downfall, and I'm just a year or so. That's when people will be like,
5: (laughs) "We got for it." Don't tell Skynet that. What was that? Don't tell Skynet that. Yeah, if Skynet well, is running
6: off a ChatGPT, we have nothing to fear. Yeah, we're, we got. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We got um, three
4: f bombs out of Brian over this topic alone. Yeah, obviously. Oh my
6: god. And,
1: and here's, <laughs> here's what I'll I'll say from a performer's perspective. One of the big um, sticking points that they that is in the news a lot is they want to be able to uh, capture someone. Uh, digitally, three hundred and sixties, and be able to yes. own that image of you yeah. in perpetuity, and be able to do and never everything. pay you again, and never right. pay you Fuck again. That I, well there's sure. my fourth, fourth. Um, <laughs> but here's here's what I'll say. Um, sh- okay, so let's just say that that happens. Okay, so in order to then animate that actor into everything, you're going to need an animator, uh, and which I, you know, is like, is that also going to be th- you know digital or is that also going to be automated probably at least not at the beginning so you're going to you may not it, the argument might be well this way we don't have to we don't have to pay the actor we own the image they um we won't have to deal with an actor talking back they'll always be on time all of you know all taking yep. take out that human element yeah. but if you take that an animator, yeah <laughs> the, if you have an animator do you don't think that that animator is ever going to say I just don't see my character doing that. <laughs> You're never going to get away from from people wanting to 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 come in and say and um yeah, I mean w- look, we are at a continual um uh striving as a culture to uh just to see just how dumb we all can be. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I still, I do not think we're quite there yet where people are going to be like, sure. I like all my entertainment, um, you know, looking like an uncanny Valley. Um, yeah. And
6: that, that's the, that's really the, the, what they're fighting for here is the ability to hire an engineer. Or, you know, some programmer in Unreal Engine to mock up a model of an individual, take the skin that they shot of 360, slap it on there, say thank you, you're gone. You get the next person who just writes text content, which mm-hmm. if they want it, that will be Chat GPT spitting out its nonsense. And then you're gonna have John Wayne walking onto the screen spitting out
1: nonsense again. Personally, I'm oh, not in interested in paper. going to that
6: film. Right. Yeah, well, or, I, yeah, I don't or- want to see it.
1: Yeah. And it's not and, and, and really it's not even about movies. It's about um, I want to be able to have John Wayne sell me toilet paper. Right. Because the advertising
6: dollars are what powers most of these streaming services. Now, they went with the whole we're going to have people pay for content and pay you every month. And they realized that in order to, to produce their own content, they need more money. And the only place they could get money was advertisers. So now all of our streaming services we, that we pay for are forcing us to watch commercials. So that they can get streaming. From it's the new cable. Yes. It
1: absolutely. Yes. Is. Hey, absolutely. Brian.
4: Just yeah. Because we can't. We got we're moving into the final quarter of the show, and this has been awesome conversation that we've had. Ben, thank you for your question. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, see audiences, what could have happened
4: if you just sent us in questions all the time? Yeah. Um but Brian, I want to pose this to you. I don't know, I don't get the I te- I don't get the technology, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't have if you could work, because you're the drones. smartest tech guy I know. If you could work on this, see if you could find a way to get AI to like pull plastic out of the Pacific Ocean for me, because that, yeah, if we could do, do it, be, uh, would be deal. really, really yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah that's 100. That's the
1: really. That's also the thing, you know. Is is you know, anytime new technology like this and it comes about, they always uh, try to use it to go after the arts, and they never go. Uh, Um, The practical stuff. They never, yeah, look at it and say, "How do I use this to, uh, to actually um, be able to keep us on this planet?" In a way, that's cool. The arts are the
4: barometer for what's going on. It's the first, the canary in the coal mine. You know, it's it's the Mm -hmm. warning sign. It it is, and it's a good place for us to engage in these debates. Actually, so in a way, I I I I favor that because I love seeing the passion come out. You know, on, on both sides. AI is a pretty neat tool. The the opening twenty five minutes with the de aged uh, Indiana Jones and that Indiana Jones movie is amazing. I mean, it's remarkable, and you you still needed a team of humans and animators to make whatever gobbledygook the AI spat out at you. But the AI did that, yeah. you know, sixty five percent of the work, so that you so that it didn't take ten trillion dollars and eighteen million people to get it done. So there's yeah. some neat things that you can do at least with that sort of filmmaking. But to think you can just pull the human element out of it and we'll all just make money, it's an absurd notion that, sadly, I don't know that the CEOs or whatever believe it's possible so much as that I feel like to them, that's the end goal. Get humanity out of the picture and get the money just rolling in automatically. That's the dream, and that's such a Mm -hmm. completely creatively bankrupt dream. guess.
3: We see that in corporate america too where they try to automate our jobs everything and so that they can lay us off and i think what they all forget is if you don't have actors that you're paying if you don't have corporate people that you're paying to do the jobs oh so we're we've streamlined that our our costs are down but who's gonna buy your services because we're all unemployed
6: bingo (laughs) I i don't have
3: money for uh eight streaming services well, that's, now because I don't yeah. have a job. That's
4: always whatever. been the blinders
6: sh- a hundred years yeah. ago.
4: Primary yep. blinders of the riches, like, yeah, let's crush everybody but a few Jillionaires and then where where is the th- where's the engine that's actually going to drive the economy? You're eliminating it with every decision exactly. you make. It is yep. it is nonsense, but it that is it is how it is which is really really mm-hmm. frustrating all right joel anything more fun than this up on the queue well
1: yeah i mean uh, <laughs> we uh i mean I, I was gonna i had prepped uh, if anyone else um on on our uh panel today had any questions that they wanted to bring up um either about movies tv or about the show um so i guess i will open it to uh, uh, open the floor to see if anybody has um any questions live
3: well i i had some questions but i think it'd be more interesting for everybody to say what what they're going to regret we didn't get to
1: yeah that okay so that that good that's one of the questions that i had written down to what, what is it what is there an episode or is there a show that um you wish we could have gotten to, I mean, I know we, you, you Ryan, you had mentioned uh, the abyss deep dive. Um, that's certainly one that I wish. Uh, yeah. I'll come would,
4: back to that at the end too, yeah. a little bit, but, but we, um,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, or, you know, Michael I, mean, I don't Horton. know why
4: that movie specifically, but we, you know, it's, we got a lot in, right. It's in terms of franchises from our <laughs> childhood. We never did strict deep dives on star Wars, but I feel like we touched on those constantly. Right. Um, yeah. Terminator, Blade Runner, Dune, Mad Max, Alien, Jaws. You know, we did, we talked, got to really talk about these things in depth. Some of these really important event films, but that's that's one of mine that I champion, that I love, oh, love, yeah. love. So, yeah, I would have liked to get that on the record about it. Robin, I, and Maz were working up the 50th, a 50s science fiction two parter, which was going to be you know, maybe next year a 60s science fiction two-parter and then maybe 70s, Um, those would have been fun. Having Maz on board for 50s sci-fi, I mean, I really, if you saw him during the uh, Harryhausen episode, you get the sense of what that would have been. That would have been a lot of fun. So, you know, so there's lots of things I'll miss. Rob, you had a couple on the tip of your tongue. You, we were in the middle of a couple of series with Rob that we won't get to finish. The Hitchcock, that's too bad. But
3: Yeah, yeah, I regret not getting the Hitchcocks. Um, and, you know, the that 50s sci-fi one, because uh, part of that was a double feature that I had thought we'd do, and that one sort of got scrapped. Um, it, it feels like there's a lot of things, probably, like you're talking about, that, well, let's hold that let's hold that and we'll do that later yes. and now it's like well maybe we shouldn't have held it because you know maybe like we should have done luke Basson. we could have done <laughs> yeah. the abyss like you were saying right uh the other thing i really regret is not launching my drinking game to go along with the show where oh. every time ryan interrupts joel or cuts him off you take a drink but that I probably think, was going to open now. you up to lawsuits for alcohol poisoning in some episodes. <laughs> or a, or a, or a, a drinking game
5: camera. for how often Michael says, I find it interesting. I find it interesting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut
5: up, Joel.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand why that was happening for episodes and episodes. He would go, I find it, I find it interesting. Shut up, Joel. And I was like, why is he telling Joel to <laughs> shut up? And a couple times going? I even asked him, I'm like, what are you? And apparently it's because... Joel, you always point out to him that he, when he says I find he find both, that I find things interesting.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I like Joel, or I mean, Ryan brought up earlier is like, yeah, I would have loved to do some deep dive into some Romero territory. Um Like you said, certainly the, the first three uh, in the dead series, like that would have, but I think that would have been, um let me just shut Joel and Ryan off and I'll just talk for two hours and you can just sit and nod (laughs) Um, because it would, it would have been, you know, it would have been a big love fest and probably would have been become awkward and look, I've said
4: before, the, the negativity finds its way into this planning a love fest is always been the goal because Just because that's just where I believe we're coming from. We're trying to send positive stuff out in the world. Now, everybody's been around me for years, most of these people. Brian, you've been around me enough to know if I decide I want to sit and rant and rave about something, I can go on (laughs) and on and on and never stop. And I can be articulate and witty about it, and it can be fun for a while, but it's still intense negativity that just you just putting out there and putting out there and putting yeah. out there. And we've always, always, always tried to find what's admirable in the little things that don't do so hot. And we've always, always tried to talk more about the things we love than not. So I will miss the Romero love fest. I, I think that's, I knew that's what it would be. And I think that's fine. I, I think that's preferable, honestly. You know, I'm trying to do that in my life. Concerned. Like we did yeah. it in the show. It's harder, but it, I'm really, really proud of us that we kept, kept it positive at, like I say, if if not completely, (laughs) which we certainly didn't manage philosophically from the start, our business philosophy was to put something positive out into the world. And that started with, with talking about things that we were hoping we would be positive about. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I'm, I still think that was the right way to go and I'm happy about that. Brian, what do you got? So you got something? Some missed that, show that you really wanted to do that you never told show. us about?
6: Um so I, thought, I think I brought up some ones about gaming before, like actual stuff based on like real, like di- deep dives into those those ones where they tried to move a gaming franchise in, mm-hmm. um, and I think that got shot down pretty early. When um, and we morphed that into like the combat mission one, uh, which I I loved that that was fun with Maz just that, doing those combat mission ones. Dad
4: movies, we could have kept doing those dad for a movies. while. movies, yeah.
1: Dad yeah. movies, we would have
6: absolutely. You know, kept the two that Robin and Michael mentioned were on my list of things that I really want to see: the Hitchcock deep dive and the Romero deep dive. Like those, every time I see, we got you a couple up, Hitchcocks, but yeah, we did not. But not, shoo, yeah, we like, didn't okay. quite get to the
4: the peak. We we're climbing, was, climbing the yeah. mountain. You still, it was all
3: tease.
6: Yeah. It was all tease, yeah, exactly.
4: Well, we got, we got technically, we got Hitchcock's favorite movie of his own in there already, at least yep. <laughs> a couple other. It's couple true. other big hitters, but yeah, the North by Northwest's and that sort of thing. I mean, that was, I still haven't seen most of those, so I'll have to have the discipline now to watch them on my own.
5: Well, I know, Ryan, you expressed uh, very clearly that we would never discuss, like, say, the Friday the 13th I- franchise, but I wonder if there would have been one of the more reputable, franchises and horror that you'd have been like, I can, I can handle this.
4: Well, I already said the dead movies. I mean, yeah. it's not Friday the 13th, not reputable. It's a monster. I, I've just always said it's, there's no good Friday the 13th movies. There's not a single good Friday the 13th
5: movie. That would have been an interesting discussion. because Yeah, right. but that
4: it yeah. would have, <laughs> I'm telling you, it would have gotten old, especially <laughs> for somebody who thinks there might be one being on my show with my name on it, talking to me about Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been brutal. That's not the kind of energy we're trying to put out there. And there are a lot, and it doesn't just go for, for bad films. It, 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 there's good films and really, really popular ones amongst our generation that Joel and I avoided precisely because I really, really don't just think they're bad. I it, I, they're, I don't even necessarily think they're bad. I hate them. And I really yeah. try and leave my hate at the door when we do the show. I mean, I, I make it a rule, in fact, and so mm-hmm. we snuck thoughts on a few of them in thanks to an idea that you had. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but you'll remember it, and it was the way to do it, so. But no, I mean, I if you can think of a horror franchise to talk about, I I, I could give it the thumbs up or thumbs down, but no oh, reputable ones are coming to mind.
5: Well, Nightmare on Elm Street's a pretty reputable series. No, they're series. terrible, though. They're terrible No, they're movies. not. No, they're not. <laughs>
1: they are yeah I got, oh, i'm not. with michael
6: on this one <laughs>
1: um i had uh i had a couple i mean uh, and we talked some of these ideas i i i would have loved to have tried as uh, as b segments um because b segments were really where ryan just let me go and figure out what we wanted to do <laughs> uh, i wanted to take um all movies with bears in them and compare it to battle <laughs> versions of battlestar Galactica to see if bears beats Battlestar galactica um,
4: once and for all i mean to, not just to see what happens but to definitively prove if bears beats Battlestar
5: galactica
1: the, the top 10 grumpy wilford brimley line readings was one that i thought would have been really fun i
5: totally would have been on board with that
1: yeah uh, uh we
5: kept... i don't want to stay out here anymore i hear things they hear funny things hmm <laughs>
4: I'm not um, gonna harm anyone. <laughs> Come on, um, man. Let me inside. I'm not gonna harm anyone. That's a that is as good a one as it comes. I told My you. My favorite to ever down. though, is from T V. It's it's when he is the postmaster general when Kramer uh, Kramer's decided oh, yeah. to deny all his mail. And he comes in at the end of it, just like he comes in at the end of uh Absence of malice is exactly the same. In fact, it's based on that scene, and he basically just puts everything in order, but he's got this line where he's like, you know, I'm not just the postmaster, but I'm also a general. And I think we both <laughs> know that the job of a general is to gosh darn get done. things done.
5: Done. No, it's it's by God get By God
4: done, get things done. And and Michael Richards, oh <laughs> he's all terrified of him. God, that scene is funny. Oh. Wilford Brimley. American American treasure,
1: yeah. I would have loved to have uh, attempted a deep dive on um and, and like almost like a a, a a deep dive not into the films of it but like into the 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 whole being of Jinx from Space Camp. Oh God! Um,
4: and
2: Friends forever.
1: Uh, it's pretty weird, uh, Jinx from Space
4: Camp. I don't know, there's a few things, but the two big ones are the, are the James J. Hill House here in the Twin Cities, which I'm always making up just terrible lies about. The worst of which was that the James J. Hill House started as a reverse underground railroad that sent slaves back to the South. That's a horrible thing to say <laughs> oh about the James God. J. Hill House. But it's such a... I couldn't help myself, and so I said it because I thought it was crazy. And Jinx from... Space Camp's the other one where I just make up really, really mean, horrible, awful, tragic biographical tales about what he mm-hmm. went through after that movie. You know, when, you know, at first they were going to do a spin off movie for Jinx, but then that didn't go through and the, all the horrible things that happened in his life and his struggles mm-hmm. with addiction oh. and, and
1: prostitution and things like that. Yeah. It's weird.
4: I normally know oh, just lie about stuff, but there are certain things where I just
1: it was i mean the jinx deep dive was akin to this was when we when we did the president's episode um and ryan mentioned it earlier it's absolutely one of my favorite episodes too where we talked about movie presidents as if they were actually part of american history and we ranked them and um of course okay. we had got to rank them yeah and we so we ranked our top the top presidents and we you know we 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 talked about uh um president shepherd and if you know and how he changed his gun policy and and was able to do that and his wedding in his second term was really spectacular um and uh and then then that's when the jinx came up and the one that i w- would have really liked to have done is we were going to do fictional sports teams as if they were real sports teams that would have been neat. Talk about some of the yeah. greatest stories to ever have happened in sports uh as if they were um you know talking about like remember when the angels it seemed like there were these beings that were like lifting them off the ground <laughs> changing pitches but that i mean it was just a magical season um <laughs> But yeah, so and then, uh, I guess, yeah, the um, uh, well, real quick, one thing that does there is a little bit of house cleaning that does need to be done. Um, we do have to, uh, the tickertainment trend tracker, uh, find you know, we have to shut it down, commission
3: it, yeah, we yeah, have
1: to. Oh yeah, it's awake now. It knows we're talking about it. So yeah, so sorry, tickertainment, tra- uh, trend tracker. This is the final show. Well, I, I know, I know, but it's gonna be all right. And you know, you'll still be around, and we'll probably have you. up. Yeah, no, we'll have you from time to time. Okay, yeah. Well, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be just fine. So um. Uh, hey, ticker Tame and trend tracker, could you look over there real quick and just don't, don't, don't look this <laughs> way, ticker Tame and trend
2: tracker,
1: you
3: didn't even allow it one last question. No, 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 no nothing.
1: Didn't do it. It just wow. needs to be, uh, it
4: really was starting to get a mind of its own there near the end. This is probably mm-hmm. for the best.
1: Yeah and like max and, and, and
6: think, in the black hole trying to
1: just <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh and and we brought it up earlier uh i can't remember if it was before we hit record or not but um i i also really just quick want to share one of my favorite one of my favorite segment the, the william hootkins episode mm. was one that <laughs> i legitimately i was like what are we even doing why? Are, I mean, William Hoopkin's fun, fun guy, fun actor to talk about. Whatever. But what are we doing? We're gonna dedicate. We're gonna dedicate two hours on a Saturday to talking about William Hookins. I hey, and I tried to get on board. I got my porkin shirt. Yep, yep. and I was wearing my my Porkins shirt. Um, and that episode ended up turning out to be absolutely one of my favorite episodes even the a segment where we broke down his his movies and like the little song that he sang in um in whatever movie that was i can't remember it uh, but you know it, the, the william hootkins not just in as hardware and hardware, hardware thank you. yeah uh, yeah i forgot he's in there and then um and then of course that whole
4: episode is a is an exercise in oh yeah i forgot he was in that it's literally <laughs> the entire thing <laughs>
1: and um and then then that episode concluded with an absolute throwaway bit that ended up causing us to laugh harder caused brian and ryan and i to laugh harder than we had in years <laughs> and that was the little game called uh pick the actual character name from the star wars trilogy got murdered
4: like live on the show we were doing good first couple and then it's just we were doing bad and then those names man
1: so (laughs) so since michael and Rob, now brian and ryan i don't know if you guys will remember obviously there's some that you'll go no i remember that one is real or that one isn't real but rob and michael um, might not be familiar and and these are like some star wars deep cut names from the extended star wars universe yeah. but one of these were one of these names is a name that i just completely made up or i had my son completely make up and one of them is an actual character name of a um of a star wars character greatest so b segment of all time i will just share a couple and and i'll let and um, we'll let michael and rob uh I won't do anyone because there also was the uh, caveat that both of them could actually be names. Are you, you're not
4: going to roll the tape of us breaking down and laughing or anything? I thought for uh, sure I, we were well, going to get that.
1: No, I... I well, again, I, if
4: no, I No, It's not ancient history. William Hookins was from earlier this year, so you should yeah, be heard Yeah, I've
3: listened to it. I've listened to all but two episodes of the movie oh. show. In right, Pajorna.
4: Game of Thrones, because you haven't watched Game yep. of Thrones yet. What was the other one?
3: The aliens prequels because i is haven't seen, seen the second yet? one Yeah, okay i've seen prometheus so, so but not rob the might other. know we definitely
4: spoil those so yeah
3: so but, let's just okay. leave it to asked michael about it earlier. So, so we'll
1: let michael choose so only one of these though i'll only pick a couple of them here only one of these is an actual actual uh star wars character name first one up dexter jetster or jet tila I'm going to say Jet Tila is legit. Uh, Jet Tila is an actual person, but he's a chef popular on the Food Network. Uh, <laughs> um, Dexter Jetster is an actual. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Next one up Cheerio Grudgeball or Plo Koon. Plo well, Koon. Okay, very good. Uh, Antonio Lafaso or Elon Slezbegano. I got to go for A. Antonio lafaso also a Food Network chef. <laughs>
8: <laughs> uh, um, Not just
4: me. Yeah. Bag. He's the, he's the, uh, you want to buy some death sticks guy.
1: In, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. of the Clones, by the way. just, Gross, just Here know. we go. Gross Nostro or C.O. Bibble. I'm going to say C.O. Bibble. Correct. Good one. Um, Klatu and Barata or... Abakache, it's got to be Abakache because Klatu is the uh, are stood still, right?
5: Klaatu yeah, but... and
1: Barada were, uh, were I believe that was the name of the announcers of the Pod race, the two headed ah. Pod race, guy. Pod race. Isn't there a guy in Java? To, uh, the day the Earth
3: Not impossible. That's what they say in the day the Earth stood still, so Klatu Barada or... yeah.
1: Nikto. Yeah. Whatever, Klaatu yeah. Nikto. yeah. Um, okay. Um, General Warm Loathsome or Tupper Wareheimer?
5: It's got to be the first one. Isn't that the guy that is in the Undersea Kingdom in Phantom
1: Menace? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> 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 no, that's... But was that correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, Garopolis Da or Lieutenant Milton Putna? I'm going to say Putna. Putna is correct. I got uh, that one the wrong. last I one... Remembered the last one gorm love putter or therm scissor punch i'm gonna guess a the first one an actual character in the star wars universe's name is therm scissor punch of
5: course yeah
1: (laughs) um and i guess i got about half right yeah yeah, you did you Uh, did pretty
5: good not bad yeah
1: oh my god uh that that one um yeah that one was pretty pretty (laughs) spectacular um Uh, we're, we're coming up on the end of the show here but uh before we go um we could do uh i think i do have a couple um a couple hot takes let's get some 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 hot takes. And of course, I would be remiss because uh, this was one of the dumber things that I did, but I really stupidly enjoyed it was when we did fancy hot takes. Let's get some hot takes. <laughs> Let's get some hot takes. Let's get some hot takes. Um, you sound like Stewie there. Yes, I, yeah, and not unlike. I was pretty pretty maybe it's an unknown impression that probably if I think about doing it, I'll never sound like him again. It's like when we have a, I have a I have a friend in New York and we sometimes call him accidental walkin because he'll just say something and we'll it'll be like a perfect Christopher Walken impression. And then when we like, oh my God, you sounded like Christopher Walken, and then he'll try to do it and then he can't sound like him. So we're like, oh, you you're only you're an accidental walkin. accidental walkin. Um, all right, nice. Uh, hot take number one, and you guys can all chime in on whether this is uh, whether you agree with this hot take or not. This show would have been better if it were three hours long. This show? This show? Uh, this all episode? The movie shows the movie? No, all episodes. If it were three hours long,
4: there are no. a couple that would have been better if they were three yeah. hours long. But the but no, no, you
1: guys smartly split them up into longer things, like when yeah. you need. Yeah, yeah. Um, actual uh, actual hot take. Harrison Ford will get an Academy Award nomination for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
4: No, the scene where it, he talks no. about
1: don't spoil. I have not seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> But no, he will
5: not. There's an
4: Oscar-worthy Oscar moment in it, but if he couldn't get an Oscar nomination for 45, I don't think you'll ever see him get another one for the rest no. of his career. He's at an age where it's possible that he'll drop into something that he's really, really good old character actor in that he'll just nail. But you look at his schedule, and he's got Marvel movies and an Expendables
6: cameo.
5: He's only I mean. ever had one nomination for Witness, right? Is that it? That's it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it.
6: That's it. He'll yeah. get it. He'll get an honorary Oscar. Yep. That's way or, yeah. yeah. Well, I think
4: he already has an honorary Oscar, actually, doesn't Is he? Is he? No, maybe he doesn't. Either way, he's a lock for that. Know, there's no leading man that's done more for integrity of storytelling in Hollywood films over his lifetime than he has. He's yeah. he's just one of my favorites of all time. But I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. His chance for an Oscar was to gain a little weight and accept that role in *Syriana* that George Clooney ended up doing. And... He turned it down, and I mean, that was it. They were going to give him the statue for that. Uh, Partly they gave it to Clooney because he got fat, which is a stupid reason to give people awards, but they always seem to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Ford wouldn't have done that, but that role was written for him. It's perfect for him. It's in a great film, and he would have made an incredible impression in that part. Clooney essentially just shows up and does a Harrison Ford impression in it and (laughs) took home the hardware. And I think he knows in the back of his head, that was it, that was the one that yeah. was they were that was the one where I could have won, and it that has to be heartbreaking, but look at the guy's career I mean he doesn't have a lot to regret, honestly,
5: yeah, he's really not done too much of. Notes. He
4: is spectacularly good <laughs> in that Indiana Jones. don't let my bad you know box office mojo report for that film dampen my enthusiasm for it that's it's like the rest of these. Legacy sequels, It's it's the, the best reviewer I read uh, that Bill pointed out to me said, you know, it's like when your favorite band from when you were a kid gets back together again with only a couple original members. You know, it can't be what it was, and it can't affect you the same way that it did, but they can yeah. still absolutely put on a hell of a show. And that film is totally, you guys should see it, it is totally... W- w- everything you could have hoped. It is really, really, really difficult to imagine a better Indiana Jones movie existing than that at this point. So, and that's, I don't know what else you could have hoped for.
1: So, the headline for that review would be Indiana Jones is Toto. <laughs> Your favorite band getting, you know, getting together I, with a few of the original oh, members. Man. I got it yeah. right away. Toto's though, never the, been
4: yeah. broken up. So it isn't like that's that true. at all.
1: Technically, yeah, technically they haven't gone back together. Yeah. Uh, that's an evolving out. thing. A... Did find out that a friend of mine has... Uh, a. a another... So I appreciate you trying to get Toto in
4: there, but completely inaccurate and a really bad oh. analogy. So Okay,
1: well, I, you know, that's, <laughs> I think that nothing sums up this show more than that, really, right there. Um... <laughs> so... Uh, uh, sadly, we are coming to the end.
3: Um, <laughs> you don't I, seem like, that sad, Joel.
1: <laughs> no, I. Um,
4: we I'm had not... our. Uh, we're not going to be able to recreate it here, but we had our no. little moment at the end of last week's show when we had this discussion, which mm-hmm. wasn't a welcome one to me. I was. I. I mean, it's not that he blindsided me. He brought it up with this really nice sensitivity yeah. and stuff. And I think I reacted to it pretty well in the moment
1: because
4: yeah because it's because it's tough it it was tough yeah. but it, and i don't just i think you can get a flavor of that here when we're talking but just him and i off the camera being brutally emotionally honest with each other was uh was an amazing thing to go through mm-hmm. and and it it i don't know what to say it, I, you're gonna let you you had some f- final thoughts you're working through there but I have mine too, but I, I just well, know that I'll that, yeah, that happened.
1: Yeah. I'll go first. Cause I'm a, I'm a pathetic mess here. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I had to stop the show. Not because I'm not enjoying it. Um, it's uh, this has been one of the most fun adventures I've ever had was getting to do this show with one of my best friends in the whole world. And um It uh but you know life takes you in different directions, and um I'm on a very fortunate path right now, but unfortunately it just it's demanding all of my time. Um, and I need to save a little bit of that for my family. Um so uh but I'm hopeful that at some point things will make a little bit more. know calm down and get a little bit more in a groove and and then i can come back to ryan and and have a hopefully another surprise conversation that is like hey would you want to maybe do this again or do it occasionally again or just do a special episode or something and um i I hope i legitimately do hope that that happens but right now it's just not um not sustainable um I really do thank all of you for coming on and all of you who listen. Um the ten of you have become really good friends, uh even though I've never <laughs> met a lot of you. Um there's our uh there's our German listener. God, what is what that German listener gonna do? Um and uh I think he's but, Swedish, by the way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Shit. Um, uh, sorry. Sorry, Sweden. Um, and, um, but yeah, it, uh, it, um, this is, they, they don't break it down
4: by country anymore, but I'm pretty sure our one European listener was from Sweden.
1: Which no, is you're good. right. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh crap, that's right. I do remember. It was Sweden. Um, I, yeah, I think all of you, and obviously Ryan, I thank you most of all. It's been, um, this has been fantastic. And it's been a, just an absolute treat. And um, and the fact that we got to do it and continue to do it throughout the pandemic was such a huge, such a huge yeah. lifesaver. Uh, uh, unbelievably
4: something. so, I agree. Yeah,
1: to have something and, and a way for the two of us to just continue to talk. So thank you to Zoom Technology and, um, and then it allowed us to have our friends on much in a much easier way. Um, so, uh, so thank you all you listeners. And um, this is a goodbye, but it's, um, it's just for
4: now, point. for sure. Yeah. Cause that's, that's how so it time. has to be. And I, I've already said what is so great about what Joel brought to this process for me and how he helped me and prop me up and then even did it on the show and just continues to do it like in a genuine way, <laughs> not just cause I really need it. Cause I do really, really need it a lot. <laughs> it, it, it's, I just, I really, really appreciate that. And I, I it, it's, it's he, not some pushover. He gets his way on the show quite often, which is how it should be. <laughs> it's been a true partnership. I haven't, all of my euphemisms for Joel throughout the years have all changed. They have all funneled down into and every time I wish him happy birthday or anything and this this will never change as they funnel down into the word partner partner you know western style because he's my partner and I just I'm so I'm so grateful for it there's no I'm pretty good with the words part of things but it's it's really tough to express you know perfectly and eloquently what you've meant to me and what you guys all mean to me so and what just people who showed up for the show and engaged in it meant. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean uh if you really want to hear my philosophy of life i've emphasized it on the show many many times but if you go back just a couple episodes to the end of the actor show you'll hear it again it's there what i think storytelling is all about what i think humanity really is all about what i think the key to our evolution as a species is in that episode uh, so I don't have to repeat that here I will say something from the abyss though to close out the show when they're talking about this crazy things that they're experiencing Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio awesome in that basically playing James Cameron in it he's telling a story about his love affair but he's reversed the sexes very cleverly in it so that we don't really recognize it as as true a thing as it is Um, he says he, when they're Trying to, when she's just trying to get somebody to believe in this crazy thing that she's experienced, she says, uh, you know, coffee, wants to call it a Russian submersible, it's a Russian submersible, you know. He looks and he sees hate and he sees fear, but you have to look with better eyes than that. And that's such a great line and it's my sort of mission to, continued mission for us. And my sort of challenge to everybody out there. But most of all, thank you. Thanks for joining us and making it real. That's what an audience does. Joel will be the first to tell you. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you all so much for coming uh, and being on our 200th and final episode. And um, I have a special something I hope Ryan likes.
2: Down your country a great service. We thank you. And uh, we trust you found the
0: settlement satisfactory. Well, the money's fine. The situation is totally unacceptable. Well, gentlemen, I guess that just about wraps it up. Where
1: is the podcast?
2: I thought we'd settled that.
1: The Podcast.
2: Is somewhere very safe. From whom? The podcast is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones, We have top men working on it right now. Who?
0: Top men. Thank you for listening to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.